This meeting is being recorded. G'day, everybody. It's time for the Prado and Redders NDCA podcast. And both of us are sitting back on the couch on a quite relaxed Friday night with footy and cricket everywhere. And it's a very warm welcome to the great one himself, Dan Proudman. Hello, Prado. G'day, Redders. Yeah, lovely Friday night. Not enough sports still on the TV, is there, with the cricket and the footy back on? <laughs> and if um, if you come from your background, there's also Super Rugby, I'm sure, somewhere where you played it straight into tonight. So. Yes, true. Yes. Um, we've got a lot, quite a bit to talk about here, including, Dan, um, we're both very proud of this, the Newcastle Blasters becoming the champions of New South Wales in the Plan B Regional Bash on Tuesday on Tuesday evening. A wonderful performance, and both of us have, have shared a lot of good times with the Blasters, but to finally win the win the thing is a, is a wonderful achievement. Congratulations to Nick Foster and the lads. Yeah, huge achievement. They played beautifully, didn't they, all day on Tuesday. They were definitely the best side on the day, but the best side all year. And, um, yeah, an enormous effort by them. Um, the, the success that that whole group's had, including the Lake Mac Attack boys over the last few years, has been enormous. Um, um, and it shows, you know, that they, they can play really, can't they? they they've... They, Won the, the country championships at 50 over comp, and now they're the champions of the 20 over comp. So just a yeah, wonderful performance by them, and a congratulations to, to Shane and Nick and all the lads. Uh, Shane and Nick uh, have had a, a period of sustained excellence over a long, long, long time. And it is no coincidence that the, the Newcastle zone teams in this competition and the 50 over competition have gone so well. They work hard. They are committed. They actually get on really well. There's a real sense of ownership and understanding what it means to play cricket and represent, the, in this case, Newcastle and Lake Mac and then Newcastle in red and blue, Dan. Um, if we're, we're, It's our podcast. We can waffle a little bit. I think that there's this, in, there, there's this real belief amongst the players. I don't think anybody else in New South Wales could have changed, chased those runs against the Central Coast. I'm sorry, in Newcastle, number one. Right. And, then, and then this Blasters side. Remember, the only game that was lost in the T20 by Newcastle sides was when they played each other this year. That's the only game. So it's, um, you know, it's a testament to, to Shane and it's a big cheer out of Shane. He's, he's had a difficult week and I'm sure we all wish him well. But um, Shane and Nicholas have just have, have conspired to produce such... And um, Chatty and his boys as well, let's not forget. But in this case, Shane and Nick have conspired to produce so many wins and um, put Newcastle at the top of the tree when it comes to men's cricket in New South Wales. Yeah, 100%, Dave. And, and you know, this, this just things don't happen overnight. Obviously, we know that they've won so many in a row and things, but this is something that they build up on from, you know, the middle of the year. This is, you know, this is 10 months in the making. It's now mid-March. There's been so many people who have put a hell of a lot of time into it. Obviously, Shane and Nick lead the way. Um but, you know, there's a lot of guys who have gone to a lot of those training sessions and helped those guys who don't necessarily get a game during it. And, and they've been part of that since, you know, July, August, haven't they? So it's a, it's a long program. It's an extremely successful program. And, you know, they deserve every success that they get, to be honest with you. I know it's a cliche, but it's fair dinkum. Absolutely. We'll come back at it for, for a quick roundup of scores at the end of this uh, uh, podcast. We'll, we'll look at NDCA first. Um... Okay, here we go. With thanks to Graham Jenkinson and and big cheerio to Jenko Dan, but with thanks to Jenko, Hamwick's a one for 180 chasing Toronto's 123 all out. Now, by my calculations, they've got those one for 180 in 36 overs, which is great going. Uh, both Aaron Cooper and uh, Reese Hanlon into their 80s not out. 176 undefeated partnership there. 
Merriweather's having a very good day, a very good game against um, Belmont at Townsend. Merriweather didn't bat first. Belmont all out 116. Merriweather came back with 178 for two off 33, and then they've got Belmont four for 16. And there's 10 points in the offing there very shortly. Someone's going to have to do something miraculous, uh, particularly on Joey Gillard's back, I think, to get them home. Western Uni, all of us were sort of watching this with fascination. Uni with nothing to play for and West with a lot to play for. Um, West were flying early and then Uni came back and, and knocked them over for 210. But then Uni in reply, a five for 77. So you think West favoured there. Walls End had a day out without uh, Paddy the Baddy, Nathan Price and Cal Gabriel. Walls End six for 352. Waratah won for 32 and reply and Walton declared after 78 overs. Charlestown and Stockton's in a really interesting situation. Charlestown all at 142. Stocko chasing 6 for 87. That's at Cahiba. And Newcastle City all at 142 and 72.4 uh, attritional overs. And after 17 overs, the CMBs are 1 for 18. We'll go in sequential order as they are on Play HQ. Toronto batting first after um, winning the toss. That get this game at Passmore. All out for 123, Dan. Top score, Jason Broxes has actually had a pretty reasonable season for Toronto. Um, he made yep. 29. No one else made more than um, Ben Roberts' 22. And the wickets were shared. Three twofers. Jamie Dixon, two. Tom Bailey, two. Paul Rogers, two. Great name, that. Great singer. And uh, just a good performance with the ball, first of all, from Hamwicks, Daniel. Yeah. Um, solid from Hamwicks, isn't it? I mean, and like you said, thanks to Jenko for letting us know what the score is, but um, yeah, both sides, you know, with really nothing to play for, have, um, might put on a bit of a show tomorrow, I think. I, I'd be interesting to see what Benny Borkham does and how long they hang around for, but um, 10 wickets is 10 wickets, and it'd be nice to finish off the season for them, I'm sure. I'm with sure a big win actually, at last ball. So. I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll actually turn up, Dan. Um, and then in response, and that yeah, sorry, couldn't resist. And then in response, Aaron Cooper and Reese Handler are into their 80s. Dan, do you have the actual scores for those two? Um, the reason we're thanking Jenko a couple of times is that the uh, Play HQ has not got the complete scores. Dan made a call just before we came on air to get the actual scores. I think you said that Aaron Cooper might have been 80 and Reese Handler 86. Is that about right? Uh, Aaron Cooper 84, Reese Handler 83, according to Jenko. He was sitting under his tree, to be fair, with the music going. So, but I'm still confident that he was right, Graham. Any, any chance he might have had a stubby in his hand, Daniel? I, I reckon there's a fair chance. I reckon there's more chance of that than um, than probably Toronto making 400 tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so Hamwicks have got those runs very quickly. Reese Hanlon and Aaron Cooper um, going particularly well there. There's my coffee. Thank you, my dear. Lovely, lovely. Got to have my um, evening coffees. Thank you. Um, and look, as Dan said, that could be interesting as to whether Ben says right go and get us 120, 130 in front, which won't take long, especially if Reese gets going. It's a long ball. And, uh, yeah, so interesting game tom tomorrow to see what actually happens in that game. Dan, over to this one. Merriweather, just a big day out against Belmont at Townsend. Big, big day out. Take us through the day, mate. Yeah, it was a fair day for Merriweather. Um, and they, they started off well. They bowled very well. Um Michael Hogan again, um, Sam O'Sullivan bowled well without luck, um, as he has done for the majority of the year. Um, and although um, Joey Gillard got 56, and his old man did say he needed some luck, he, he got a fair bit of luck on Saturday. I think he was dropped three or four times in that 56. Um, 
and uh, and Meriwether ended up rolling Belmont for 116 in um, 51 and a half overs. Hogan another Pfeiffer. I think that's four for him now in four games. Five for 17 off 15. Sam May Sullivan three for 52 um, with the picks. Um, Joey obviously got the majority of the runs. Uh, and the old fella, Tony Brister. I was going to say that. Tony Bristow, yeah. the, the, the old stager. Um, yeah, so hung around for a long time, made a pest of himself and, and batted quite well um, and got them to 116. And they were, they were in all sorts. They were, I think they were five for 16 at one stage, Belmont. So they actually did well to get to 116. And then Merriweather, um, you know, and, and the, the thing with Merriweather in the, in the back of Geary's mind and the rest of them was not just to, to finish the season off well, but there's a... There's an outside chance of a club championship. Everything's got to go their way, but they, they're trying to do their best. So Dave Sellers and Ben Egan went in. Sellers ended up being out for 42. Benny Egan got 69 off about so, so many rocks. And uh, Luke, Luke, Luke Hitchcock ended up 47, off, not out of 41. Merriweather declared two for 178 um, with a few protests from the scorers because it was getting a bit late. And um, But... He ended up declaring with five overs left, and um, well, he made the right decision because in uh, in one over, David Sellett took three for none, and uh, Belmont a four for sixteen in reply. So only needing six wickets for an outright there at Townsend able to finish off the season for Merriweather in how what did, will be still be a very disappointing year for them. How did Clay Stevenson hit his wicket with a uh, with a leg spinner bowling, my friend? I can understand it's going back to Hogs or Sammy. But um, was, yeah, it was quite odd. So he's 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 so Dave's Dave rips them as we know, but they can go anywhere. Yeah, and he, it's it's landed a fair way outside leg stump. He's taken a back step, and then his bat's come actually down behind his leg stump and clipped his leg stump that way as he was trying to push it in out through mid wicket. It was quite a bizarre dismissal. Um, wow, quite a bizarre dismissal. They lost four for I think four for nine off eight balls. I think it was at the, for the end of the day. Um, so Joey Gillard's still in to be fair and he's going to have to bat a long, long day tomorrow I would have thought um, Merriweather is still 46 in front only needing six wickets so um, yeah, and, a solid performance you, by Merriweather I know that there's some pretty honest and hard people at that club Is would it be fair to say that some people are saying if only because this could have been such a just a couple of little results, even one, could have made an enormous difference, especially if Merriweather win this outright. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be one of those years where they think, well, what could have been? I, I mean, you know, losing Simon Moore and, and Tim O'Neill is, is a fair loss from last year. But um, in saying that, there was really only one game this year where they were completely and utterly outplayed, and that was against Walls End. And every other game, they had significant opportunities, and they're and they were all opportunities against um, the teams in front of them. You know, they, they should have chased City down, and they did. Um, they should have beaten Stockton, and they didn't. They should have beaten West in one of the first rounds. They should have beaten West twice this year. Um, and, and that's not including a few of the other games that they dropped when they shouldn't have either. So, you know, they're, they're probably going to fall. If, if City get rolled on Saturday, they're probably going to fall half a game short. And I think... I was talking to Troy Goodwin about this on Saturday. I think that would be only the third time Merriweather have missed the four this century. So, um, yeah, um, 
what do you say? Obviously, the, the inclusion of Michael Hogan from Christmas has been enormous. Yes. Um, when you actually have a look, if, if in fact they get the six wickets tomorrow, that'll be two outrights in the last three games and, you know, take and, and rolling West for 80-odd and dobbing them back in. Um, it's been a, a pretty good end to the year, but, you know, too little, too late, and they've only got themselves to blame, Dave. Fair enough. Very honest. Very honest. And it goes to show how powerful Merriweather's been um, this century. Remember, you've got to add into those new NDCA premierships a whole swathe of um, the old classic SEG Country Cup or NRMA Cup, whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, Merriweather and Hamwick's had a moratorium on that for the best yeah. part of a decade. And then one or two other places, Tamworth and Queanbeyan in particular, caught up. And of course, Walls End won a, an outlier, one on their own. But um, yeah, it's been a, yeah, to not make the finals is actually very unusual. And I'm not being critical. It's, it is most unusual, especially in my time involved up, up, up here in Newcastle cricket. Wests and Uni. Uni won the toss and set Wests in this game's at uh, Bernie Carran Oval. And they were flying. They were none for 70... Is that six or eight? None for 78 uni. And they were all out. All out for six, uh, 210 of 63.5 overs. Joseph Leslie Price made his traditional 54 of 56 rocks with five and two. We've made 36 in a hurry. The Pom Rob Lancaster 20. Aaron Bills batted 110 rocks for 54. <coughs> but nobody else really got going. And uni fought very, very hard. Great to see Josh Bennett get in and take some wickets. Three for 74 off 17. Thomas the Tank Engine, two for 41. But Daniel Ray, who's actually had a good second half of the season, five for 43 off 15.5 overs. That's a terrific... That's actually a very good bowling performance by Uni. Dan, it's as simple as that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's... Yeah. I think that's 15 or 16 wickets for him for the for the year too. And yeah, he's, um, he's, he's definitely one of the positives to come out of Uni's season. This is a really interesting... Game this day in the whole scheme of the whole lot because oh, yeah. 33 runs you, you need 33 runs to make West to, to, to avoid the follow on. Um, and we know that you know that the frailties of Uni's bottom order, um, or tail, I should say, it is. A, I think it would be fair to say that they do have a fairly longish tail. Um, so we know obviously that um, Sharm is still in and he's the key because. It'd be interesting to see what Brad Aldis does if they do get to 100, 111, um, whether they they go. Because when you have a look at what Wal, Zen's doing and you have a look at the Stockton game, um, do they try to set university a target and maybe, you know, have themselves in a position where they could win 10 or could only win four um, because of the way that it's all looking in that, in this top this top four? Now, I, you, um, City can't get there and we'll talk about their game shortly. But the, the you know the, the top position um, is definitely um, there's for the taking if in fact they're able to take these wickets quickly tomorrow and dob them back in again. Correct, and of course no Buddy Harriet batting playing in this game. The Sea Dragons are five for seventy seven, and of which Farinash Sharma's made forty one off fifty five. Um, Bill Billsy's taken a couple there, two for six off four. He looms as a weapon. A serious weapon, Brad Aldis, two for 21, um, and a wicket to Joseph, Joseph, Joey Price. This this game's got interesting all over it. It really does. Who knows what's going to happen? Do West think about 10 is Dan's point. Now, if we just quickly go to the ladder, you'll see why. Wests are a point in front of Stockton, um, and 
Stockton, but by no means home, we'll talk about that in a minute, but Stockton's got a slightly better quotient. Um, 10, 10 points. There's no way that Wolves End will lose. No way, even without Pat McGann, Wolves End will end up on at least 69 points. Yeah. But the point that Dan's making, everybody, is that if West really want to play a home final at Harker, which is what's involved here, there's a real possibility that t- tomorrow could be fascinating, Dan. It could go very, very late. But here's the thing, Dave. If, if they do, if Brad Aldis goes right, say, say University get past the follow-on and West will then have to set them a target to try and give themselves enough time to te- get 10 wickets. They're a point in front of Stockton, right? If Stockton win and West set University a target trying to get 10 and then Uni come out and actually smoke them, then all of a sudden they drop down to third and they, they lose that... that top two thing with rain and all the rest of it, which we know has happened the last three or four years. But if they get the 10 points, I can't see Wolves End being able to get all of those wickets tomorrow. They may, but I can't see them getting the, the, the rest of the 20 tomorrow. Um, so, if, if I mean, if University don't make 110, surely Brad Ellis will dob them in because they, they just win anyway. They just get the 10 points, I think. Um, yes, yeah, so it'll be a bit. It'll be a lick. Not to do that would be a little bit like sitting on seventeen in a blackjack game. You're leaving a lot to other things to happen, and yeah. I. It's a the, those three games are fascinating. And yes, does Brad Aldis right? They say they risk all uni for a hundred. I would think that the and remember that Wests are heavily involved. They're on top in the club championship. That's right. And an outright in first grade would make it very difficult, for, I mean, almost impossible for Stockton to catch them, in the, no matter what. Oh, that's right. I've got no doubt that if Uni don't make 110, that Brad will dog them in again. What I'm saying is if they make 130, right, what, what do West do then? What because do they do if they, if, if they, if they, if they, They're going to have to set them a target. And if Uni happen to get them, they only get four points, and then they open it up for, to Stockton to jump over the top of them. That's right. The way I see it is that... I. I think it's likely that Stockton will play West at Newcastle number one in the in the in the in that in that semi final, but it's a matter of who's got rain rights, which, as we all know, is extraordinarily important. Although it has been quite dry of late, um, touch wood, David. Walls end six for three hundred and fifty-two, um, leading Waratah one for thirty-two. Big day out for Dan McGovern, one hundred and fifty-two off two hundred and three. Dan, I must admit, when I was watching this, um, he I thought there was a double coming because he had so many rocks and so many overs to get them, but ended up being dismissed by Joshy. Joshy, Joshy Claridge has taken three for 101 of 25 overs. And he was telling me red as I was turning them. I got my, my fingers started getting a bit sore red as I was turning them. So well done, Joshy. That's what he said. Lynch, Matt Lynch, Matt Lynch, the shortest um, top order bat in Newcastle. Now that Ryan Brooks has departed the arena, 74 of 146. Mont made 50 off 54 in a real hurry. Cam Burt, 33. He's also had a good season. And they declared, as I said, at six for 352. Wickets to Rob Hill, he took one. Lockie Taylor won. Uh, and Lockie Taylor and Josh Clary's did 57 overs of the 78 overs. Sorry, 47 overs of that work. And as I said, Joshy, three for 101. Josh McTaggart wasn't a very happy man when I spoke to him on Tuesday because he got a first baller. Red as I didn't yeah. think it was out. Charlie Williams in there at 18 and Kyle Faber on 13. They're, 100, they're one for 32 with 90 overs to get him. We get to Jacob Page. Dan, do you think? I think you, you stated what you thought 
surely there's an opportunity for Walls in here. I mean, it's a big day getting 19 wickets without Pat and Cal. That's the key, I think. I think surely Monty will just keep an eye on what the other games are going. It's going to take them, I would imagine, a little while to get the nine wickets. So they're going to know what Uni and West are doing at that stage. And then he yep. can make a decision then. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if, if, if Uni have made that um, 110, um, then I reckon there's a fair chance he might pull stunts. So I, I, 19 wickets is a lot, obviously. Yep. And, you know, there's bigger fish to fry next week. Um, you know Pat McGann and, and the rest of it. Do you want to? You, you don't want to cook the page boys or anything like that by having them go to, um, you know, you know, completely bust their bums on Saturday for for what could be, you know, just first innings points anyway. But you know, if they roll through them early, who, who knows? But I reckon he'll be he'll be keeping a very very close eye on what's happening in those other games, and he'll he'll make that decision accordingly. And as we know. Um, as it does, although you, you, there's usually a chance for other sides to get in at this time of year. Um, you know, the, the last Saturday of the home and away, everyone's watching my cricket all day, aren't they? So um, I'm sure Monty will be doing the same. And like I said, he'll, he'll make his decision depending on what happens with those other games. I reckon if Brad Elders pulls stunts, I reckon Monty won't be far behind him. Couldn't agree more. Over to Cahiba, where there's a fascinating game ensuing. Charlestown made 142 all out of 57.2 overs. Um, Kel Wilson made 31. Adam Winchester in the middle order made 42. The, the Stars had Adrian Chad um, six for the, for the second time in a month, six for 33 or 15.2 overs. Cleaned up the tail. And I thought Dylan Robertson bowled superbly. 15 overs, three for 24. On a pitch down at Cahiba that actually was a really good cricket wicket. It had something for everybody. It seemed a little, it turned and gripped and bounced. It wasn't slow turn and it wasn't that bad to bat on, but you just, it was a difficult wicket to start on. Um, Stockton were very pleased with mate, getting them out. But then Charles had have turned around and got Stockton six for 87. Um, some some late wickets there, particularly the wicket of Jeffy, who was bowled by Dan Bailey. Um, at, certainly Charlestown are a real show here. You wonder what's going to happen in this game. This game could go a lot of different directions. Dylan Robertson is 10 not out. Sam Jenkinson's there. Uh, Stockton have shown they can chase low, and that's why you have sides batting low, but it's going to be an interesting um, test. Dan Bailey, 3 for 31. Dan Standing, 2 for 20. Path Shah Daniel had the ball moving all over the place. Did he? Yeah. He, oh, particularly his off-cutter was deadly, and I thought he bowled superbly. And... Um, very interesting. Be interesting to see what happens during the day. Knowing these two clubs, I don't think, without asking anyone, I don't think this will be an early finish. I think this might go quite deep, no matter what happens. But very, very interesting. And certainly with 16 wickets, it was a bowler's day, Dan. Yeah, the interesting thing I saw, and I don't know whether it was just because of you know what was happening in the match and and Foz decided to give Kaizenardi a, a hit up top, or whether that's actually a change coming into the semis, Dave. You got. Kai opening, um, Logan Weston batting forward, Jeffy five. Was that just something because of they were chasing a low score and maybe getting he just was given um, an idea just to go out and throw, throw his bat or not? No, Kai's, uh, Kai's batted a couple of games up the order when he's been in first. So, no, that was not a change. Okay. So, can we expect that in the semi, do you think, or are you keeping things close to your chest, though? Look, that's a very good question, to be honest with you. That is a very good question. Um, Nathan Hudson's got to come back into this side. So it's a very good question. That's that's not up to me. I'll, I'll leave that to the New South Wales country captain. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, 
a really interesting situation there um, with Stocker needing 56 to uh, get past them on first innings. Charleston needing four wickets. The out, the um, the follow-on's been avoided. So, look, anything could happen there. It'd be really, really interesting. Hopefully, it's a, it looks like it's going to be a lovely day. It's the Sunday's the problem. We don't have too much Sunday cricket this weekend. So That's a great, um, great manoeuvring of that conversation there, David. You should be running for office in March in a couple of weeks. Would you be going... Would you be going under Mims or would you be going after Dom Perrottet? You've just completely changed that conversation. One question I've asked you about Stockton all year and you still couldn't answer. You just manoeuvred it away. You're unbelievable. Over to Cardiff and Newcastle City this game. <laughs> this game at Pasterfield. Um, and, uh, of course, Newcastle City. Now, interesting story here. Uh, Alex Solo um, was uh, picked up an injury. And Ollie Carter played and could only play one week, Dan. So it was a big test, yep. a big risk. And they actually, the risk worked for them because City won the toss and chose to bat. And in fact, Ollie Carter, who's had a sensational season, he's now back home. He left on yep. Tuesday, 45. Bryce Garrett, 39. I ran into Bryce at um, number one on Sunday and it remains, it remains a very nice and decent human being. Rory Cowlins, 24. Um, and all out for 142 off 72.4 over. So a slow day. That pass to field ground can be hard to score on. The pitch can be. Daniel Williams, two for 32 off 20, continuing on his great season. Regan Burke's three for nine. And Jason Edden, the skipper, three for 36. They're a different side when they play at pass to field, I'll tell you. They, they now had a bowl there. And that's just, a, that's just a, a long slog, isn't it? And when you consider Cardiff a one for 18 in reply of 17 overs, been a tough day of cricket out there. 160 runs in 90 overs, Dan. You talk about Merriweather's going to be thinking about things over over winter about what they could have happened. Well, Carlos the same, you know. Um, oh, yes. So we, and I know we've spoken about it a couple of times in the past, but they scored over 200 in the three, first three games of the year and didn't win a game. They win two of these. They chase these downs against City. They're in the four. Um, Absolutely. So, um, and they're, they're a massive sniff here. At the end of the day, it's not really going to matter too much for City, I don't think. Um, I, they can't get 10 points, I would not have thought, um, which means they will finish fourth and they will play either West or Wolves then. Um, um, so, you know, it'd be great to see the Cardiff. That, that means they'll be undefeated from Christmas, Cardiff. So they're, they're, you, you could argue they're the form side coming into March. And it's been a while since we've said that. So it's just terrific. Absolutely. And I might add the last four batsmen for City, one of whom um, the resident pest, Lewis Hexel, was not out. The last four batsmen all made noughts. So they cleaned up the tile very well. That'll be an interesting chase. Um, you know, it'll be a good way for Cardiff to go out. And they, and with Mark Little and Mark Curry involved, have developed on leaps and bounds. Daniel, they really have. Yep. And they're now a serious, serious cricket side, which is enormous credit to them. And they've done a lot of work out there to get things right. And it'd be good for them, to be honest, if they could finish with a win. Of course, Pato not playing. He's having a rest with a crooked toe. And Ollie, uh, Ollie Carter's back there enjoying uh, the remains of an English winter. Thank you very much. I know where I'd rather be. Um, well, here's the thing too, Dave. If, 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 if they keep Splinter there next year and they can talk him off the golf course and he comes and has a hit with them, then all of a sudden they're a significant force in NDCA. There's, there'll be a significant force next year. There was a there was a stiff there was a bit of chat going around at the start of the year, wasn't there? That Splinter might have pulled the pads on again. Um, oh, so. I, I, I had I, I won't lie. Yes, I had heard that. 
but if you've ever seen Mark Littlewood play golf, yes. he is a very good golfer. Like, he was a superb cricketer. Well, he, um, played, he won the club championship, didn't he? Playing golf with Mark Dries and Mark Littlewood is not fun because these little men that weigh half yeah. I do hit the ball about 170 yards further than me. Um, yeah, look, I... I Oh, it would be interesting, but I actually don't think it'll happen. I, I don't. Um, I'm not privy to what's going on, but um, I won't. I won't sit on the fence on this one like I probably did with Stockton. I do not think that Mark. I think that Mark will stick to playing his uh, golf because he is a serious golfer as well, and he probably doesn't have too much to prove at cricket. Like wow. the, the guy played in the ACT, played in South Australia, is one of the best Newcastle cricketers of a generation, phenomenally successful, and the, the and the most the hardest cricket. The hardest man I've ever seen on a cricket field, anywhere. Yeah, but I suppose when he's seen the success that they're coming through, and he's obviously been sitting to get part of that, you know, competitive juices are competitive juices. You, you, you don't lose them when you get old. In fact, sometimes they actually just percolate, just take a little bit longer to come to the surface. So we're obviously just, um, you know, we're talking tongue-in-cheek tongue here, but, you know, there's a there's a tiny sniff, I reckon, that um, there might be a little running out for... Um, the Cardiff Bullery next year. Quickly on to the Summer Bash um, finals that were played on Sunday, uh, all live streamed, of course. It was a terrific day at Newcastle and it was very warm, but it was a great game of cricket. The first game, the City made 139 off 20 overs. Adrian Ishwood, the star there with 56 not. Lockie Rail finished well with 23 not out. The key, where, the key there was Ben Patterson. Did someone just win that rugby league game late? Because I've just been checking the score and I can yeah, see... Yeah, no, Parramatta just dropped it over the line to win with half a minute to go. Parramatta did. Um, but yes, 30-26 yeah. is the score, I think. But the key to this game was Ben Patterson hitting a full toss from Kane Anderson and getting caught on the square leg fence by Joey Hart. I think that made an enormous difference. Hamwick's... Uh, City put in a superb effort chasing. They really did. Um, made it go very deep. Jack Hardigan, 34. Ben Balkan, 25. Harry Manetti, 34. Nine. Reese Hanlon, 20. Kane Edison came in. And in the last over, they only had to get one. And Ando faced four balls before he could get the ball off strike. And ended up, um, they ended up getting the runs with one ball or two spare. Two wickets to Ollie Jarvis, who bowled particularly well. 3.5 overs, two for 19. But a good performance there from uh, Hamwicks in just getting home. And the other, other semi-final... Um, I suppose this, on form and with seedings, this was a bit of an upset. But the Magpies yeah. came out and made 163 for four off 20 overs. Batted superbly. The Stars, Daniel Arms, 42. Jed Dixon rolling back the clock, 40-40. Axel Carlin, uh, Gordon, first grade of 51. And Daniel Chillingworth faced the first ball balls of the game from Jeremy Noonan. And Dan, just a little bit of a segue. We must congratulate Daniel Noonan, sorry, Jeremy Noonan on being picked for the New South Wales second eleven. How fantastic is that? Yeah, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, uh, just an outstanding. I, 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 I saw him bowl um, against Merriweather like on a Tuesday afternoon. I reckon he's gained another yard. Yep. And um, yeah, he was throwing them down. They, just, they were coming down and absolutely, geez, they were coming out beautifully. So yeah, brilliant for him. And I believe he was also sharp when Lake Mac played Newcastle in the summer bat, in the Plan B regional bash. I believe you let him go that night as well. So, Jeremy Noonan playing for... And in one of the best games of cricket you've ever seen, the New South Wales Country ACT side won 
seven for 255 in the fourth innings chasing that game in that game after both sides made 430-plus in the first innings. Um, Daniel Chillingworth faced the first ball, four balls of the match and was 20, 16 not out off Jeremy Noonan. So it's an extraordinary start. And the Rosellas never really got going. 25 to with, 30 to Nicholas Nick Stapleton, 24 not out to Emma down, down the order, who I thought batted very nicely. But they end up 134 off their 24 wickets to Chile, who bowled absolutely superbly. Yeah. Um, so the final came down to the Magpies and the and the, the Magpies and the Pumas. This game started at five o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, and it was an interesting game of cricket. Absolutely destroyed and owned by one man. The Magpies batted first after winning the toss, and they were all out for 104. Top score was Armsy with 20. Uh, correction, Dan Bailey batting down the order 31 off 29. Armsy made 22. But Dan, look at these figures. Kane Anderson, four overs, no maidens, five for 12. Sensational <laughs> performance from Ender. That's just unreal. Yeah. Um, superb. I watched a bit of this. I actually missed a bit of the. The, the Charles innings, I was sort of lying on the couch watching it. Um, but yeah, he just—I don't think I've seen better figures, 20, 20 figures, to be honest with you. Five or twelve or four, without a maiden too, if you don't mind. So um, yeah, um, and it was just way too good, wasn't it? That was all over. It was done, done and dusted with them out at 104. And the, exactly, and they took their time, which you would do. The top three all again made 20, uh, at least 20, 24. Reece Allen 24, Ben Balkum 35, Harry Manini. 30, 24 was finished off uh, in 18 overs or for 108 wickets to Matt Wright, Path Sharp, and Dan Standing. But the Pumas, Dan, are the champions of uh, the Summer Bash. Congratulations to them. Yeah, great performance. And I'll tell you what, with all the all the chat around the place before and all the, you know, um, the, the Sydney guys coming in and, and all that sort of stuff, I, I don't reckon there would have been many outside of Passmore that probably would have said that Hamlet's were there and um, and they've shown right through the whole competition um, that they've been brilliant um, and um, so yeah, fantastic effort by Ben Balkum and, and the boys. Um, I'm sure they had a few on Sunday night to celebrate. I'm sure they did. Congratulations to them and just quickly everybody, the Plan B Regional Bash Finals were played at North Sydney Oval, the magnificent North Sydney Oval on Tuesday afternoon and evening. In the first game, the Blasters, 167 off 20. And I'll tell you a bit of a story about that. I mean, the Bullets made it, ended up seven for 140, courtesy of a last over of uh, chuck them up and hope from Nathan Hudson. But the Blasters um, were flying. Nathan Hudson made 54 and Monty made 46. Monty was run out with a direct hit from fine leg from Ryan Brown from New South Wales country. So the Blasters were two for 134. And then in the middle of that, um, they're... Uh, the Bullets, uh, Zimbabwean International, 10 Chisoro took a hattie in the, in the Melbourne's are taking four for 27. And Josh Claridge and Aaron Bills pushed singles for the rest of the innings to get us to 167. So yeah. three for 134 to a nine for 155. And then they batted out their overs, which tended out being important. And then the Bullets, once we got a couple of big wickets in particular, Matt Condon, who was a, one of five players on the day to hit full tosses straight down Blake's throat. He made 36, Liam Scammell 33. And the wickets for the Blasters, Josh Bennett, two for 24. Della Robertson, who I thought bowled superly, two for 50. And one for Aaron Bills, Nick Foster. And, and Angus McTaggart is the fill-in in that list. So the Blasters got up and won that semi. 
And then the other semi-final was a tough game between the Coast Chargers and the Central West Wranglers. And for those of you that don't know, the Central West Wranglers are based around Orange Bathurst and Cowra. And the Wranglers won that game well, not 133 for the Chargers of not of 20 overs, and the Wranglers got them with four balls to spare. So that set up a final um, at five. Sorry, it was at 6:15 at night. This game, this one, it was a bit later than the Summer Bash. The Blasters batted second this time. So Central West made it first. Ben Corbin, who won the Player of the Match, made 59 off 44 opening. And then Newcastle Blasters just kept on chipping away with wickets and didn't give um, too many runs away. Three for 32 for the skipper, Nick Foster. Aaron Bills, two for 27. And Benno took one. So the Wranglers made 144. And goodness me, did they made Newcastle earn it. Uh, Nathan Price, 35, and hit some of the most beautiful on drives. Then a, a bit of a collapse in the middle. And then Ben Balkum and Dylan Robertson came together at five for 93 and put on 53. Dylan Robertson was superb. 30 off 19 with three bombs and a a boundary and Ben Balkum, his usual calm self, Dan, and the Blasters are champions. And I know that both of us have had quite a bit to do with the Blasters. So it was a great result and very proud of the boys in um, becoming New South Wales state, cha- state champions for the Blasters for the second time. Yeah, and like you said, they didn't have it all their own way in both games. It, it just Once again, it just shows that winning culture that they've been able to, to, to build over, <clears throat> excuse me, over you know a number of years now has got them there. Um, you know, even in that final, they had... Uh, they had them um, in all sorts after about 10 overs, but then three or four overs, those sort of Trump. overs 14 to 18 actually dragged them back again, you know, when it looked like it was getting a bit out of control. And at the end of the day, that that probably was, that, that were probably the biggest four overs of the game. Um, you know, 160 at the end of the day would have been probably too much for Newcastle, um, the way yes. that they sort of fell, fell away there in that in that middle time. And then, like you said, um, Dylan Robinson did a couple of those Big bombs. She said that hill got peppered all day, didn't it? I mean, uh, that was it, a short boundary. It, it was the short boundary, but that that hill got hit over, hit on. It was peppered. You wouldn't have wanted to have sat there. You'd have been, would have been raining cricket balls. Even the scoreboard got a hit at one stage, didn't it? And pixelated it, it all. Pixelated. Yeah, I've seen that happen in baseball, in particular in Arizona and in, at the old Chase Stadium in, in Flushing. I've seen that happen yeah. with the screen pixelating, but. That they were they they the bloke in commentary Andrew Mensel said I'll oh, send the bill to David Red. He called me Dave, which I'm not impressed with Daniel, by the way. Um, he said send the bill to Dave Redden, and I was just sitting there going, "Yeah, you're real funny." Um, but yeah, uh, great day of cricket, really good, warm. The girls had it hotter than us. Goodness me, the day before was hot. Holy cow, Monday was hot. But anyway, it is yeah. what it is. And you now you said it earlier, but credit to Nick Shane and Nick and the guys. They stuck at it. The bosses uh, hadn't made finals for a little while. Um, couple of years, and they've got there and, and done the business. So, again, Lake Mac and Newcastle have won two of the last three championships. So, it's wonderful. And it's one of those things, you know, one of Shane Billy's mantras is to be the calmest man in the room and the two calmest blokes on the field in the last, you know, three or four overs were Dylan Robinson and Ben Balkum and got them home. So, um, you know, um, a credit to everyone with that. And, and, a, and a shout out to Kath Pig too, who was able to jump in to my chair and, and, and help out the, the boys and the Blasters and the, the whole squad by going down and scoring for us on Tuesday. I very much appreciate that. Uh, wonderful to have the great Kathleen with us, who also scored in the middle games. Both, both Kath and I sort of chipped in and helped. There are a few people. Yeah, they, they loved a few, few extra scoring. It was a big day, but I know Kathleen was thrilled to be there. And uh, we thank her very much. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, I, I was sad not to have you there, but it was wonderful having Kathleen there. And she, as you know, Dan, in my mind, Kath thinks a first-class scorer. You both are. But when I mean first class, I just mean very good. I mean first class in the terms of cricket. I think she's that good. 
Uh, her books oh, are immaculate. Both, both of your books are immaculate. So, and trust me, I, I've seen I've seen some pretty good scorers in my time, and I reckon I, I know a bit about it. And uh, both of you are outstanding. So, the Blasters champions, Dan. It's been a great podcast. We have lots to talk about. Anything else you wanted to mention tonight, my friend? No, I've, I haven't had a chance to have a look at any stats, but I'm telling you, with the lead up to the semis next week, I promise I'll have some of the most bizarre, uninteresting statistics you've ever heard of in your life. I'm gonna. I'm going to break through and, and cut down all the stats for the whole year and bring you some quite utter rubbish, to be honest with you. Sounds terrible. It's my sort of stuff, statistics. That's great. <laughs> Mate, enjoy your weekend. I hope you have your headphones on. I hope the races aren't too loud in inner city Newcastle. I won't divulge where you live, but I know you don't live too far away. I'm quite grateful tomorrow that we're at Royal Cahiba. And, um, and then I've got a golf day that I'm driving a bus for on Sunday down here in the coast. So nice to get away from well, cricket just for change. I'm at Hamilton. I'm on the other side of Gregson Park at Hamilton. And I went outside this afternoon and had a coffee and a dart. And I could hear them from my place at Hamilton. Well, when, when the last time that they were on, we must have had a home game at Lynn. And they were loud at Lynn. Now, Lynn's <laughs> not very far away from the course um, as the crow flies. And water amplifies the sound. They make a serious noise. But to yeah. those of you, if those of you finishing your career tomorrow, enjoy. For those that are moving on, enjoy that too. Good luck to everybody tomorrow. Hope you have some good cricket and the club championship still up for grabs. So fantastic. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, great to see you and look forward to catching up with you next week. Good on you, Raiders. I'll talk to you next week, mate. On behalf of Dan, this is David. Take care. Look after yourself. Hello, Daniel Tillingworth. I know you like your mentions. Take care, brother. Bye bye.